0: Welcome to Madison's Notes, the official podcast of Princeton University's James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions. I'm your new host, Annika Nordquist. I hope that you enjoy today's episode, which will just be a very brief introduction to me and who I am as we delve into season two together. Our website, as always, is jmp.princeton.edu. Our Twitter handle is at Madison Program, and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And with no further ado, let's dig in.
1: Hello and welcome to Madison's Notes Season 2. My name is Nino Scalia, and it was my very great pleasure to be the host of Madison's Notes inaugural season. Today, I'm honored to be back in the studio to introduce you all to Annika Nordquist, your brilliant and fearless new host, a great improvement over her predecessor. In addition to her role as host of Madison's Notes, Annika is the communications coordinator of Princeton University's James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions, and a recent graduate of Stanford University. Annika Nordquist, welcome.
0: Nino, it is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for entrusting me with this fantastic enterprise.
1: Well, it is I who should be thanking you for letting me come back to do this again Um, I I loved being the host of Madison's Notes, and and I'm really very excited to see what you do with the show. But let's start with a proper introduction. What should listeners know about Annika Nordquist?
0: So I'm originally from the DC area, Um, so an original swamp monster, I guess you could (laughs) say. Uh, But I just graduated, as you said, from Stanford and I studied classics and linguistics, uh, which is maybe a slightly surprising combination for this show, which centers on political philosophy. I study both of them because I just have this really deep love for the ancient world uh, and both kind of history and language really relate quite closely to that. Um, And I followed both religious thought and political thought for a long time and and pretty closely uh, and really political thought as well as current events. So my real intellectual passion is for history in the ancient world. And I definitely view political theory as super closely entwined with that. And I'm really excited to bring those interests to the show as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You've hinted at this already, but to some considerable extent, Madison's Notes is a podcast about ideas. It's about ideas, the people who shape those ideas, and how those ideas in turn shape us and how we live. So let's talk about the ideas and the people who have shaped you. Give us a sort of intellectual genealogy. What books or people have been most formative for you?
0: Yeah, so I guess if we start chronologically at the very beginning, uh, when I was in high school, my two kind of intellectual obsessions were Machiavelli and C.S. Lewis, who are maybe (laughs) slightly contradictory. I think it's sort of emblematic of how at the time I was really puzzling through questions about how to solve political issues and questions that Mm. related to my faith in my personal life as very separate questions. Um, but both of them, I think what they have in common is that they rely really heavily on history and the classics and use them in, in ways that I think tell at least told me a lot about how to interpret the world around me. Um, and then when I got to college, the, the two thinkers that really helped me dive deeper on those questions were G.K. Chesterton, who I started reading because he was influential on Lewis. For listeners who don't know, he's this Christian apologist from the 1910s and 20s, Um and has a sort of very similar style to Lewis. But I think he really delves into historical questions in a way that just sort of turn turn them on their head. You know, It really kind of made me challenge the way that I think and reconstruct them better. I mean, it almost feels guilty to list him because his writing is so easy and pleasurable and humorous. But I think, I mean, the stuff that he wrote really led very directly into the topic of my honors thesis, which was on Plato as a religious thinker. Um, and so it was very influential still on the way that I look at the world. And then, and I hesitated a little bit before before listing this, but Camille Paglia, I think, did a similar <laughs> kind of little thing for me in terms of thinking about women's issues, uh, because I always felt a little bit trapped between a rock and a hard place. With, I mean, the way that most feminists talk about women's issues, I mean, I went to an all girls high school, and so that was that has been very deep baked into my psyche, like thinking about. Um, how some of these issues affect women as we deal with each other and kind of some of the expectations about it. Um, But I I found all of that kind of stuff very unappealing. But at the same time, I felt like a lot of Christian writers either didn't directly address the issue or maybe addressed it in a way that didn't deal as directly with the kinds of questions that I felt like I was encountering. And so even though she's someone who starts off with really radically different suppositions than I have, being like a very pro-sex feminist, Um, I felt like she was able to help me bridge that gap. And then during COVID, I started just inhaling books. So there are a whole (laughs) bunch of totally life-changing books that I read over the course of 2020 and 2021. But I think the most influential for me was Rene Girard, which is a little bit of a basic answer coming from Stanford and from these kind of more (laughs) techie circles. But uh, he's a, a French philosopher who was based at Stanford for those who don't know um, who wrote I mean when I call him a philosopher his work is really pretty interdisciplinary it deals with philosophy and anthropology and semiotics which is I think of sort of separately from philosophy because I was reading semiotic stuff through linguistics sort of theology as well so but he I think was able to address really directly a lot of questions that certainly from a religious perspective, people are afraid to ask questions like, why does the Bible seem to have these kind of pagan holdovers in it? Why is sacrifice so prevalent in ancient religions? What about Christianity like so radically changed the way that people think? um Yeah, he's totally turned over the way that I think about the world. So I'm a huge fan of him. And then the other two authors who I just absolutely read as much of as I could during the pandemic, where Hannah Arendt and Christopher Lash, both of whom are sort of more typical political thinkers. So that's the kind of A to Z of how, how I got to where I am.
1: Well, I am no longer the host of Madison's Notes, but I am today for this episode. <laughs> and so I will say to listeners that they can visit the show notes for this episode and they'll find your reading recommendations
0: Indeed. Uh, there.
1: <laughs> now I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, But today, Madison's Notes has a reach far beyond the Princeton campus, as you well know. People tune in literally from around the world. But at the end of the day, this podcast calls the James Madison Program home. And now, to some degree, so do you. Formerly a swamp rat, (laughs) now up in sleepy Princeton, New Jersey. So tell us this. What brought you to the James Madison Program?
0: It's sort of a long story. When, when I started college, I was very determined to take the academic like pre-PhD professorial track. And really, I mean, I say when I started college, but if you had asked me what I wanted to do when I was a sixth grader, I, I would have said the same thing. So I've been pretty dead set on that for a long time. I was going to go straight to a PhD from undergrad. I wasn't going to waste any time with jobs in between. Um, and the pandemic really was what changed that for me I started you know I was interning in the White House I was the editor-in-chief of the Stanford Review so a political publication at Stanford and whereas before politics had kind of just been a side thing they were the only thing that was still really I felt engaged with and happening in person during the pandemic and I caught the bug I was like I really should start considering this more seriously as an opportunity you know I was invigorated by the atmosphere and the intellectual atmosphere that I was a part of and as I was doing that, I thought, okay, well, I need some kind of topical specialty. So, what do I think? And I'm not in, I wasn't interested, am not interested in, in easy fixes. Uh, the things that like economists love, where it's like you press one button and then suddenly six different problems, you know, everyone agrees where problems are just gone away. I felt like there were things that were really broken that weren't going to have easy solutions. And I was trying to think through what I really thought that was. And the answer that I wound up on was higher education. Um, was the fact that we're kind of pumping through our most talented, our most driven young people through this system that I think is introducing real problems to the way that they think and then by extension to the very culturally influential institutions that they become a part of. And so from that conclusion, James Madison program was, I think, actually the the most obvious place to begin because in addition to to just this podcast, which does great stuff. I mean, James Madison program is really at the forefront of addressing that, of taking talented undergraduates and providing them with new ways to think, different ways to think than what they're going to be exposed to in the classroom at a place like Princeton. And then releasing them to the world. I mean, I really do think that Princeton, Princeton grads, in my experience, I've, I've had really good experiences working with them. They're very driven and successful people. And it's really important that when they go to a place like Princeton, they're not just absolutely insulated from either people who agree with them if they already are conservative coming in, or if they're not just completely insulated from that type of thought overall.
1: Podcasts are inevitably colored by the host his or her intellectual interests, interview style, the list goes on. No two podcasts are the same because no two hosts are the same. So what should listeners expect from you as host of Madison's Notes?
0: So, well, for one thing, I don't like easy questions. Uh, I <laughs> I had a background as a high school debater, and I'm very, I don't have any interest in dwelling on the, the things that I agree with when I talk to a person. I mean, it's nice to kind of establish those up front. But if I agree with a person 90% and disagree 10%, I really want to understand the 10%, you know? So I guess in some sense, maybe I should apologize to my guests ahead of time. I, I don't intend <laughs> to ask that many of the softball questions if I can get away with it. Um and then in terms of my intellectual interests, I guess I mean am I going to be using this podcast as a shameless plug for for the things that interest me, I mean to some extent, you know, I I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff to be discussed within the realm of classics and I'm particularly interested in Roman history and thought, so I'm hoping to be able to incorporate a little bit of that into my show. And I'm coming from kind of a multi-religious background. Uh I'm more or less a Calvinist right now but it's sort of been a long kind of windy road for me in terms of figuring out where I belong intellectually within the faith I'm squarely Protestant I'm very interested in talking to Catholics um been having conversations with them for a long time and uh and I'm half Jewish as well so I also regularly attend Jewish services so I'm I'm quite heterodox really in that way um and so I definitely will be wrestling pretty deeply with those questions on the podcast as well. And then as a linguist, linguistics, I, re- I regretfully admit does not relate that closely <laughs> to political theory, but to the extent that I can' incorporate, I incorporate it, I will, because I think it's such an interesting field and such an interesting structured way of looking at the world.
1: At some point, hopefully years and years in the future. <laughs> you will record your final episode Mm. as host of Madison's Notes. Uh, It's maybe an odd thing to discuss before you've recorded your first episode (laughs) to talk about your last episode, but at some point there will be a final episode. How will you know you've done your job as host of Madison's Notes and done it well?
0: That is really such a great question, Nino. I think, you know, right now is... A really interesting time to be having a podcast like this, because I mean, maybe it's just my perspective as someone who's pretty young, but I feel like there was a point that I can remember when intellectual history was not necessarily that relevant to the day to day world where there was a question of like, why does this matter? And I don't feel like we're living in that era right now I feel like there are things that are happening in the news where you have to understand Foucault to understand critical race theory kind of point blank you know where where the intellectual authors of our past really really are actually quite relevant I mean the enlightenment and postmodernism are two areas that immediately come to mind but I do think it goes actually even deeper than that and so my goal as a host, obviously, I want to expand the reach. I want more people to listen to it. Um, I want people to find the episodes interesting, listen all the way through. But my hope as a host is that people will be able to listen to this podcast and feel like it actually, it, you know, is the intellectual history that directly helps them understand what they're seeing around them. Because, I mean, there are really questions right now that you have to be able to understand the intellectual history in order to be able to parse
1: Annika, thank you so very much for inviting me back to Madison's Notes to record this episode with you. To be host of Madison's Notes was among the most exciting and most edifying experiences of my life. And I hope it will be the same for you. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the show flourishes under your watch. And I know it will. So allow me to speak for all listeners of Madison's Notes, which I will soon become when I say (laughs) welcome, good luck, And we can't wait to see what you have in store for us.
0: Nino, thank you for passing on the torch. You've done such an incredible job. You've left big shoes to fill, but I'm so excited to begin.
1: Thank you, Annika.
0: There you have it, Madisonians. I'm so excited to be here with you. And stay tuned for our first official episode, which will be out next week. As always, we so appreciate any ratings and reviews and would encourage you to spread the word that there is a new kid on the block and they should all tune in. Thank you so much for your support and we'll catch you next time here on Madison's Notes.